0: Take your Bibles, open up to Matthew chapter 28. I I, um, I want to get into the Word this morning because it goes right along with where God's been bringing us. It goes along with what God did at the funeral yesterday, um, what He's been speaking to our church over the past five weeks. And uh, as a reminder, in three weeks, it'll, we have, uh, we're going to a combined service on December the 15th. So we've been having uh, multiple services for uh, a few years now, and we're going to one service December the 15th. And we're going to have a big uh, Christmas explosion, a big party, a big brunch, and a celebration of the family coming together, both first service and second service, to one service at 10 a.m. And we're committing on December 15th for one year of that. Um, It'll be a little crowded in here, uh, and that means you're going to get a little close to each other. Is that okay? It's a little scary, I know. Someone might sit in your seat even. That would be really bad. Um, yeah, I know that will offend some of you, but... Uh, so please be prepared for that 10 o'clock, and we're, we're committing to one year. Um, and, you know, we do realize some logistics, the reality is, I joke about it, some of the logistics will be difficult with parking and all that, but I th- really think it's important that we as a church get on the same page uh, and we're committed together for a year. And and today's word is not an unfamiliar passage of Scripture, in fact, it's, it's so familiar that it's um, become, I don't want to say ignored, but it's just become kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, we know that, we know that. But unfortunately, I don't think we, we really live it out. Um, so turn your Bibles to Matthew 28 while you're doing that I will get in trouble Pastor Zach's away on vacation this weekend and he, he threatened me if I forgot to do this if you're watching online I almost forgot um, but over on the side you see Thanksgiving baskets I saw several people walking in this is another way if, if you want to be a part of a church that's reaching out to a community you're part of the right church because we're constantly reaching out to the community uh, we've got 150 baskets planned to go out um, last year that was our goal as well and we End up with 200. So if we do 200, that's great. But we need to fill 150 Thanksgiving baskets for our community. We've reached out to the local schools, other organizations. If there's a need within this house, we want to make sure that we take care of that as well. If you know of someone in our church that has a need, please let us know. But you can get online. If you don't get the email um, that we're sending out every week now, an the newsletter, it gives you the details of what's got to be in the li- uh, in the basket and all that. But you're bringing stuff in, we're putting it on the tables, and um, this Friday, I believe, Pastor Zach is planning on um, starting to pack those baskets up, but we need stuff, right? The baskets come all prepared for a family to have a full Thanksgiving meal, including a gift card to Hannaford for a turkey, so... Thank you, because again, you wonder what we do and where the resources go. We are a church that's constantly giving out, uh, and that's what God's called us to do. So, we want to be a part of a multiplying church. We're on a journey. It's called radical taking back your faith from the American dream. And this morning's uh, series, it's it's part five of an eight-part sermon, and we're talking about the multiplying community. Matthew chapter twenty-eight, verse sixteen. Look in your Bibles, if you would, and we're going to break these scriptures down. But I'm going to go ahead and read those, those uh, four verses right now. Uh, then the 11, Matthew 28, 16, the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, these are his words, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or to obey all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. Heavenly Father, I pray in the next few moments that you would take a very familiar passage of Scripture and enlighten our hearts with a fresh revelation from you. God, I pray that we would not just tune out because it's so familiar, but that we would tune in and we would pay attention to your Holy Spirit. So God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts that we would listen not just with our ears, but with our whole being, with our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that you would change our lives and change the world we live in through us. Continue to use this church. God, break us and give us away. Thank you that you have chosen to work through, as Kim said, imperfect people. You're just beckoning us unto yourself. And I pray, God, that we would make it our number one priority in life to know you and to make you known. So, God, I pray today you'd take us deeper in these next few minutes in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, Thanksgiving's a great opportunity to to share the love, to spread the love. Funerals are a great opportunity. Um, The reports that we're already getting back from all over the community. Oh, I can't believe this or that. You know, it's, the Great Commission is not rocket science. Okay, it's really not. It's not overly complicated, but we complicate it. It's not overly difficult, but we make it seem difficult. It really is about loving God and loving others. Um, That's the great commandment. It's followed by the great commission, being a multiplying church. Last week, the message was entitled, Blessed to be a Blessing. So please don't misconstrue and say, oh, it's just the same thing we said last week. Well, no, it's a little bit of a different spin on it. And I hope that we can take this very familiar passage of Scripture and, and enlighten your hearts to something new. And I, I believe the Holy Spirit can if you'll be open to that. But Jesus knew that the time for him to return to his Father uh, in heaven had come. And his last message to his disciples. He gave very clear instructions. How many of you like clear instructions? I like to know. What are your expectations of me? What do you want me to do? Let's lay that out so I know. There's no kind of misunderstanding. He gave clear instructions on continuing the ministry. That he'd begun. And his words were known as the Great Commission. And they provided the first century disciples with uh, a ministry plan. Here's the blueprint. Here it is for you. I'm laying it out. The plan hasn't changed in 2,000 years. (laughs) The plan hasn't changed. It's the same. And I'll tell you, if the church had really not lost focus, I think our world would be a, a different place. But you and I, as his followers today, we're called to follow that same plan. Matthew chapter twenty-eight relates the the the, whole, the climax, if you will, of this process. And in it, in Matthew, uh, he describes Resurrection Sunday, uh, in which the women came and they found an empty tomb, and they were they were. Um, they were informed by the angel right there at the tomb concerning the resurrection of Jesus. And, uh, and they, they then went to, um, to tell the apostles. They met the risen Messiah on their way to go tell the apostles what had happened. Uh, and Jesus gave the women, the women a message to give to the apostles. And he said, listen, I'm going to go to Galilee. I'm going to meet up with him there. And this is all kind of what's going on here. But then Matthew closed the gospel in Matthew chapter 28. With this striking account of the Lord's remarkable challenge to his followers to change the world. (laughs) That's what Jesus has called you and I to do. Not to just be in the world, but to transform the world that we live in. And here's the truth of the gospel message. The local church is the hope of the world. It's not the impeachment process. It's not politicians. It's not what's going on on Capitol Hill. And I'm not against government and governmental leaders. There's a need for that. In fact, Scripture talks about it. But the local church, you and I, we're the ones that have been given the challenge from the Lord Jesus himself to change our world. And we haven't necessarily done a great job of that. But we can. And here's the beauty of it. Kim, you don't have to have it all together. Right? He chooses to work through imperfect people who are disciples, followers of Jesus, who make disciples. So we're going to break down this challenge that the Lord has given us, and it's recorded in Matthew. The Great Commission is the vehicle for transmitting the gospel truth of the resurrected Messiah to the entire world. Look around you in this room for a minute. Just look. go ahead, take a quick look at the people in this room. We're the ones that have been commissioned with the challenge from Jesus himself to be world changers. Well, you know, Pastor, that's probably for, you know, people who are educated in, in you know, biblical scholars and who have their degree in uh, doctoral divinity and all, and they're theological scholars and blah, blah. No, it's not. It's for ordinary people just like you and me and the people sitting in this room. So the Great Commission has been referred to as the marching orders of the church. I like it when I know what I'm supposed to do, right? You show up at a job, you know, you don't know what you're supposed to do, and the boss says, all right, you know, you just figured it out, and you'll make it happen, you know, go, go get him, tiger. <laughs> Pat you on the back. That's a little disconcerting, right? But the words that, that are in this passage of Scripture, listen, they spell out the, the primary privilege and the responsibility of a believer. It is our privilege That we are Christ's followers. We're privileged. We are blessed by God. Like we said last week. Blessed so that we can be a blessing. And we have a responsibility. We have a role to play. The church cannot disregard this mandate. Because it's been God's plan since the very beginning of the world. To invite his people into his plan and his purpose. This passage of scripture simply points out that the church... You and I. We're it. We're God's plan. That's a little unnerving to some degree, isn't it? Yeah. To kinda of to feel like, oh wow. We're it. But I've got good news for you. We're it because of his authority, because of his word, because of his challenge, and because of his Holy Spirit in us. We're it. And we can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. But we're it. Don't look around for someone else to fix the mess of the world that we live in, or your neighbor across the street, or your fellow worker beside you in the cubicle. You're it. You are the hope of the world. Christ's inside of you. Do you get that? Let that sink in for a minute. Because it's like, wow, that's pretty heavy. <laughs> So I want you to take a quick watch of this video. This is, we actually sold out of all the books uh, by David Platt that we had available. You can get more online if you want. But I want you to watch, this is the video from the author that uh, wrote the book called Radical that this series is being really taken from. Go ahead and play that video. He's got a design it so that when you begin to live for others' growth in Christ, you begin to experience new heights in your own journey. Christ. I'm convinced that until each of us as a Christian get yourself in this process of deciding, we will, we will be stagnant in our relationship to Christ. We will hit a ceiling, so to speak, and we will never grow beyond until others are dependent on us to see Christ in us. And, and the danger here, I want to be people. Don't, don't misunderstanding here that the point is not well then well I need to shift the time and learn how to pray and learn how to study the Bible and learn how to do this and then I'll ready to make disciples that that misses the point we have this idea it's an artificial idea we have in our minds that when we reach a certain standard then we'll be ready to obey the command of Christ when the reality is you see this all over the world especially in unreached places when people come to Christ and they start making disciples immediately we don't, we don't wait till we arrive. Which one of us has arrived? The whole point is, we will grow to those points when we give ourselves to this command. I've got a small group of guys. When I challenge them to pray, study the Word, memorize Scripture, I, I've got to pray, study, memorize Scripture. They challenge me in that whole process the way God has designed it. This is the beauty of discipleship. It's where Christianity goes from being so sensitive to being so god-centered, taking is core in other people's lives. At the core, making disciples is living for the glory of God in others. So I love, I love what he says there. You know, when you begin to live for the growth in others, and to want to help to see them grow, guess what's happening to you? You're growing. And this is the upside-down kingdom of God. It doesn't make sense. It's kind of backwards from what the world would say would typically work. And this is the beauty of the gospel. But this is for you and I to, to get our minds wrapped around the simplicity of the gospel message. And getting back again to a very familiar passage of scripture that all of you in this room, most of you in this room have heard this and know this. How many of us really live it out in our day to day lives is the question. So the the first challenge I want to give you this morning, number one, as followers of Christ, we carry on his disciple making work under his authority. We carry on his disciple making work under his authority. His authority. So the disciples worship Jesus. But some of them in the scripture that we just read. Are still a little uncertain about who he was. And what he wanted them to do. What he would have them to do. Like I said it's a little disconcerting when you come on the job. And you, you say what's my marching orders? I don't know what to do. So Jesus is making their job assignment clear to them. And he's also empowering them with his authority. Jesus proclaimed his authority over heaven and earth on his followers." Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you've been given responsibility over things, but you didn't feel like you had the authority. And sometimes that's frustrating. Uh, I was 19 years old working on a construction um, uh, job site. Actually, we were building a church. Uh, and my supervisor, I was home from college. I'd come home from, the col- from college in the summers and I'd work construction, uh, made good money there. And, uh, and I'd use that to go back to college. Well, Pete Mariano, he was, a, um, he was like a mafia guy, I'm pretty sure. But he was a, he was a Christian guy. <laughs> he had several job sites running. One of the job sites was this church that we were building in Danbury Connecticut near where I grew up in Newtown and uh, Pete showed up on the job one day and he said "Ripper Teller, get over here and Pete Mariano spoke you jumped and so I came over there yes what's up boss he said you're in charge today and I'm like what Uh, so here I am I'm 19 there's about 10 gruff rough construction workers every single one of them was older than me I was the youngest guy on the job and Pete saw fit to put me in charge of the crew for the day and he was going to be on another site because the f- normal foreman wasn't able to be there. So, a- as you can imagine, I was scared to death, <laughs> didn't know what to do, didn't really have any idea, I didn't have half the experience that all these guys had, not an iota of experience, but something happened when Pete gave me the authority over the job site. Pulled everybody together around the coffee truck that morning. Said, everybody get around. Ripatello's in charge today. That's me. <laughs> I'm looking out. Like, hi, guys. Hi. Here I am. Uh, and uh, all right, guys. Here we go. Um, and throughout the day, because I was empowered by Pete Mariano with the authority, the men listened to what I had to tell them to do. Now, granted, I had to go to half of them behind the scenes and say, all right, what do we got to do next? Tell me where to. are it. All right, guys, here's what we got to do now. And I'd, and I'd speak it and it happened. It was amazing. What happens when you're empowered with that authority? Do you know whose authority you've been empowered with? All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me and that authority has been passed on to you and I through the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of me. All authority, look at verse... Uh, 18 and heaven and earth has been given to me and I think that sometimes we don't function and operate under the authority that is ours through the Holy Spirit that is within us recognize who you've been empowered by to do what the greatest commission in all the world to go and make disciples. But you don't do that on your own. You've been given the authority of Jesus himself. I love to, to hear stories in this church and I, there's a lot of them I could share. I'm going to share the most recent one that I just heard uh, Friday night. I was out, my wife and I, with a couple in church and and uh, mom was telling us the story about going to the bank uh, last week with her two little children in the back. Three of them, but two of them old enough to talk. I think a seven or eight years old was her, her um, son that began to have a conversation on the way to the bank with his mom. He said, Mom, today when we get to the bank, I'm going to believe God to give me a toy and not a lollipop. You know how you pull to the teller and you get the little candy? and I don't get the candies, but I guess the kids get the candy. And, and he was just convinced that today is my day. And I'm sick of the lollipop crap. You know, I want, I want something serious here. <laughs> give me a real toy. So, you know, he had this whole conversation with his mom and she's like, well, that, that's nice, buddy. So what do you want to do? He said, like, no, well, I'm going to just pray. I'm going to pray and I'm going to trust God and believe God that I'm going to get a toy today. Yeah. This lollipop stuff. is just for the birds. So, you know, what is the mom going to do? She's like... Okay, honey. Um, well, and knowing that we don't get toys at, you know, the bank drive-up, but let's pray and believe God. And so he prayed right out, man—a bold and audacious prayer—and just believe in God that he was going to get a toy. And she's thinking, what in the world is going to happen when we pull up to the window? Well, Lo and behold, they pull up to the window, and the bank teller says, "How are you guys today?" They had a little relationship talk. Some she said, "Would you guys like some food today?" She's thinking, is this McDonald's? You know, food? You know, is that a cheeseburger and fries? Or, it's just odd that she said food. You know, maybe they're out of the lollipops or whatever. Didn't know really what was going on. That's a true story. And she, she said, well, um, I don't know if we need any food. And she kind of stopped and she said, you know what? Hold on to tell her. Hold on just a second. I, I just might have something special today. So what does she do? She runs back in the back. She comes out. And lo and behold, what does she have to give to the kids? Toys. Two toys. Not just a toy. But a couple of toys. And she's like, how would these work? I don't remember what the toys were. And it doesn't matter. But how would these work? And the boys are just freaking out in the back. (laughs) Yes! Toys! At the teller! Do you guys do that over at New Dimensions, Sarah? No. (laughs) Probably not. This is not a bank promotion either. But, so they put the toys in. So the story gets even better now. Because in the back seat, you know, mom is like freaking out. Like, are you kidding me? A toy? She gave him a toy. And she said, look, the bank teller gives him the toy and she doesn't know what's going on this whole time. And she says, listen, mom says to the teller through the window, listen, I just have to tell you before I drive away. I just have to tell you what happened. While we're on the way to the bank this morning, Troy said that he was going to pray and believe God that he would get a toy today and not a a lollipop or candy. And so she's having this dialogue and this conversation through the drive-up window. And she said, I just want you to know, you might not think it's a big deal, but God used you to help boost the faith of my son, that he can ask anything in Jesus' name and have it. That's a pretty big deal, isn't it? So... And I could share more stories, but the point of that story is not only was was his faith as a little seven, eight-year-old boy boosted into believing, but that opportunity, that moment was seized in time to say, here's an opportunity. Now, she could have drove off and said nothing to that teller because it's kind of like, yeah, you know, what, what do I say? That's kind of weird. Do I, you know, tell her that we we're praying for a toy and we got a toy? And, But she took that opportunity. How many times do we drive away from or walk away from or miss opportunities that are right there before us that God gives for us? I want to encourage you to take those opportunities. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're a new believer or you're a believer that's been serving the Lord for years and years and years. We talked about last year we gave a challenge to pray for one. Every day of your life, I encourage you, God, give me, pray. God, give me one person today to share your love with, to share the message and the gospel truth of Jesus Christ was somehow somewhere in my everyday life give me an opportunity to share the love of Jesus with people and you know we get so messed up in the in the, the the religious world the church world thinking it's gotta look like a sit down let's have a Bible study time I'm not against Bible study times but real life is just real life It's just doing life throughout your day wherever you go being ready for opportunities for God to give you to share the love of Jesus and and again if you've been serving God for forty years or for four months it doesn't matter you grow as you take those opportunities to share his love with Jesus that's kinda the the premise of disciple making or the start of that through relationships and through speaking out and through showing his love through everyday circumstances of life number two as followers of Christ we're called to make disciples of all nations Verse 19 and 20 says, go. It starts with, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we'll get to verse 20 in a minute. Jesus instructed his followers to lead all people into a life-changing faith in Christ as they just go about their daily lives. As they're going about daily life. The environment of the commission is found in the word go. That two-letter word in the original text, this this, uh, word is a participle which highlights the circumstances within which the command of the commission was to be carried out. It has the idea of as you go. As you go. It's stressing the fact that as believers go through the daily activities of life, they are to be carrying out the command of the Lord by making disciples. It's not after you get all your mess together. It's just everyday life. As believers in Christ pursue their their routine activities of just doing life... They are to be about the business of obeying the command of Jesus. In other words, obeying this command is not something different from the usual routine of life. It simply is to be a part of your normal, everyday life. In fact, I I like... Referring to the Great Commission as the Great Everyday Commission. It's not the Great Easter Commission. It's not the Great Christmas Commission. It's not the once or twice a year commission. It's not the when, when you have time to sit down and do it. And, and I think busyness of life is one of the things that has kept us from living out the Great Commission. We're too busy to stop and to talk to the bank teller about prayer and about the fact that my little eight-year-old boy was just praying for this and God used you to answer his prayer. We get too busy or we think, oh, you know, we don't really want to say it or we don't have the boldness and the courage. We forget who we've been empowered by and whose authority that we have and we just kind of let life pass by thinking there'll be another time. There'll be another opportunity. Now's not the right. We fill every excuse that we can in the book with it. Including, you know, I'm not uh, qualified. Mm -hmm. Versus just obeying the great commandment of Jesus Christ. The point is that the work of discipling people is done as we go about our daily activities and our daily routines of life. Jesus instructed his followers to baptize those led to a saving faith in him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What does he say? Teaching them to observe everything, all that I have commanded you. The major work that Jesus authorized, and the goal is not simply to evangelize, but to make disciples. And I think oftentimes we, we've, we've kind of uh, mixed up that whole evangelism concept or that idea but um, evangelism is embodied within disciple making and, and we're not to just go out and say oh Jesus loves you but we're to go out and build relationships and to tell people to show people about the love of Jesus not just through knocking on a door and saying hey here you go here's a track or whatever but through friendship evangelism uh, through relationships, that's how disciples are made, and and as we just become uh, Jesus people, followers of Jesus, right? The life of a disciple is different because of our attachment to Jesus, and then those who are disciples of Jesus, we are we're committed people. We're called Jesus people, if you will, and and that's because we are disciples, or followers of Jesus, who make other disciples. The goal of the great commission is to bring people into a personal relationship with Jesus so that they'll follow him and so that they will be uh, that his character will be reproduced inside of them. That's really the goal. You know, when when I hear people often say well you know i don't really know what to say pastor to make disciples i don't have my bible degree i don't know the romans road to salvation i don't know how i would answer all their questions i don't know what i would say um and and so here's what i here's what i do here's the go-to for most believers when i talk about evangelism or making disciples they say oh i told them about jesus this week i'm like awesome what'd you do well i invited them to church that is the common answer I get from most people. Well, that's awesome that you invited them to church, but, but don't look now, but people don't want more religion. They don't really care about going to church. In fact, inviting them to church, they're like, yeah, no, I got other things I could do one Sunday morning. Truthfully, right? Inviting someone to church is not, <laughs> is not loving them into the kingdom. Right? And we believe that we'll love more people in the kingdom than we'll preach into the kingdom of God. That's why our mission statement says to lovingly guide people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Not to religion. That's not what we're here to push. Or church attendance. Not that church attendance is bad. And we encourage that as part of the growth process, right? But telling people about Jesus is just in everyday life taking opportunities to love them in whatever arena that you're in. My wife does this great. She's out in the world all the time with unbelievers and it's just through silly little simple everyday life stuff loving and caring about people. Through relationships. Through cultivating relationships with unbelievers with the intentional purpose and goal of loving them into the kingdom of God. Because there's nothing that's more important than God's commission that he's given you and I to tell people about Jesus, to know him and to make him known. Friendship evangelism. I'll share one more story and then a closing point here. Um, there was a lady, and I, I've shared this story before. Her name was Denise Rogers, and she was one of our youth workers in New York, and she worked with my wife and I in our ministry there. And um, Denise was a 40-year-old a mom that had come to us and said, you know, my kids are in youth group, and... Um, I'm I'm not really much for the the craziness of being around teenagers all the time, but, you know, I I feel like I should be here to help and to serve. I said, great, come and serve. She said, don't make me talk in front of people. I don't want to stand up in front of people. I don't lead games, you know, blah, 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 but I'll just be here. I said, cool, fine, be here. So she was there. She hung out for about six months or so. We started this discipleship class, and I said, Denise, why don't you come and hang out with me? Small group of kids. We had 12 or 15, and just be a part of this group of kids, and I just need some extra adult presence there and help. Uh, We were going through this discipleship uh, curriculum. <laughs> She came uh, after being there for a few weeks. I said, you know what, do you think you could lead one of the classes? It's pretty easy. It's all right here in the book and blah, 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 blah. She's like, yeah, I think I could do that. Seems pretty easy. Great. So she she started doing that and she took over little by little. She watched what I was doing. Then she was doing it and she said, you know, I really like this. I'm really growing in my faith walk because now I'm accountable to read my Bible, to study my word, to pray because I'm holding the students accountable to that. So I've got to be doing that, right? I said, that's what it's all about, Denise. It's awesome. And she said, well, I'm really... I'm digging this you know I'm growing as I'm helping them grow and I'm like cha-ching that's it right that's what discipleship is all about so she was getting it and before we know it I said Denise how would you like to take this class over yep I'll do it you know this is a woman who years ago no don't don't ask me to do it yep I'll do it be happy to and over the course of her tenure there, before she, she passed away just about four or five years ago of cancer and, and we you know went back to be part of that funeral, but Denise was an amazing person. Over the course of her tenure in that youth group, now we had been gone 15 years as the youth pastors. We had left 15 years gone. She discipled personally by herself in small group settings with 12 or so kids, over 200 students in that youth group. That's pretty awesome. Now... You take that and you multiply that times how many, how many of those kids because they were impacted are going to go and do that with somebody else. You see, that's how multiplication works. So if each one of those 200 or so kids just discipled two kids or one in their lifestyle, look at the multiplication of that. Now experts tell us that in your lifetime, in your lifetime, the course of your life, you will have an impact on or an influence over 10,000 people. 10,000 because of the, the, trickle, the trickle down or ripple effect. So I want to ask you, how, how are you doing with reproducing the life of Jesus and the life of others? Thirdly, and last point, as we, as followers of Christ, we're guaranteed His presence in all circumstances at all times. In all circumstances at all times, you and I are guaranteed His presence. We have a guarantee from the Lord. Don't you like guarantees? Jesus promised to be with his followers at all times until he returned. And he fulfills that promise through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. This is what he says, And behold, or and lo, whichever translation you said, I am with you, what's that word? Always. To the end of the age. The instruments of the great commission in the hand of God... Are believers in Christ. It's you and I. The work is not just left for a few professionals and ministers and pastors or missionaries, and it definitely includes them, but it's the task of every Christian, every single one of you in this room today, that is a believer in Jesus. And the early church understood this. In Acts chapter 8, they understood this. But Jesus took a great, some consider it the great gamble, the great risk. He took a huge gamble, if we can use that word, by he staked everything in his relationship with his disciples. Everything. And following his death on the cross, he gave this great commission to them. And after intentionally, very intentionally, investing and spending his life on earth with these 11 men, Jesus said to them, now you go and do the same thing with others. Go spend time with people. Build relationships with people. Love on people. Be like Jesus with skin on. It's not rocket science. It puts some ownness some and some responsibility upon you. <laughs> when you're helping someone else grow, guess what? Who else has got to be growing? You. Right? And it's very easy. You know what? I think we like to isolate because we're a little lazy. We don't want to be held accountable for our own spiritual welfare, right? Oh, now you're being mean. I'm not trying. Listen, I'm just trying to speak the truth in love, right? But let's be real about things. When you're held accountable for something, and we don't like being held accountable either, it's easier to be a a one-man show, right? Right? But that's not how God intended you to do this Christian life thing. He intended you to do it together with one another. And that's what the faith walk is all about. That's what this journey is all about. It's not super complicated, but it is. it does take time, relationships of your own. He promised to be with them, guiding us, equipping us, empowering us every single step of the way. The words that Jesus spoke over 2,000 years ago to a small group of men ignited the church to spread the gospel message throughout the world. And we've got a job to do, church. We've got to continue to do that. And I want to challenge you this morning to give your life away for him. His disciples gave their life for the privilege of telling other people about Jesus. We should not be ashamed of it. We should not not be too busy to, to share the gospel. We should acknowledge and recognize this is a privilege given to me from God. It is my responsibility. I own it. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to love people. I'm going to share the gospel through my words and through my life. Through just everyday simple life. It could be small stuff. Small stuff. Just caring about people and loving people. Building relationships with people so that your life can become the conduit uh, that the love of Jesus and the power of the Holy spirit that is inside of you can transform their hearts and lives that's what changes our world right there it's not super complicated but it will require something of yourselves we have the same responsibility and the same privilege to spend every day telling everyone we meet about the life changing hope of Jesus Christ would you stand to your feet with me this morning like to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes, We're closing today, and I I know that what you just heard today was n- not any kind of, n- nothing new. There's nothing new that's been written in the Bible over the past 2,000 years, right? It's the same yesterday, today, forever, but maybe it's new in that you got something from the Holy Spirit that, that you realize that you, you need to apply, you need to do something about. I don't want you to leave here this morning and I, without having an opportunity to respond to the challenge of the Holy Spirit, because this is where, where God's bringing us, is making disciples, not inviting people to church, but going out and being the church, going out and loving people, meeting people where they're at. Certainly coming to church is a part of that, and that'll, that'll come in time as they grow, but it's you. You are the church. You don't have to bring them here. You go to them. It's Christ inside of you. Go build relationships with people and love them right where they're at. Yeah, the person that sits in the cubicle next to you that drives you nuts at work, that you just, you know, you don't understand their sinful ways or whatever it might be. Yeah, that's the person that Jesus just put in your life. Hello? Oh, but they irritate me. Well, guess who's right beside you? (laughs) To love on. Or your sister or brother Relative, mother, father, whoever it is that you already have a relationship with. That's who God's called you to love. You have influence on them. You have an opportunity to speak the truth in love. Let me just ask you one simple question. This is really for the believers here today. This question If you're not a believer, you've not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, then then we love you. We're glad you're here, and we hope that you'll feel the love of Jesus through our lives. But this is for those who have already said and invited Jesus Christ into their heart. So, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to answer this question in your own heart Am I really fulfilling the great commission of making disciples in my life? Am I doing that? And it's not really a, well, maybe Sometimes, kind of sort. Yes or no? Yes or no? Am I doing that? And if your answer is no and you say, no, I really don't feel that that's, um, I'm just not going to do it. Well, that's between you and God. You answer to him, not to me. But I hope your answer is yes. Keep doing it. If your answer is no, then what are you going to do about it? start by prayer everything starts by prayer we can do nothing on our own power on our own ability but through Christ through inviting his Holy Spirit to come alive through my everyday life we become world changers not about me but about him being glorified and lifted up so let me ask you this question Maybe you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor, I'm not really doing that to the degree that I'd like to do that. That I want to do that. I'm not making disciples. Then between you and the Lord, but I want to be able to pray a prayer of blessing over you today. There's something powerful in the blessing of God. And you can pray a prayer of blessing over yourself every day of your life. I encourage you to do that. I want to pray a prayer of blessing over those who would say, Pastor, I'm not living that out the way I'd like to. If that's you and you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Slip your hand up real quick so I can pray for you. Just hold it up for a minute. All across this place, there's a lot of people. A lot of people that are saying, that's me. All right. I believe God sees your heart. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would bless those that have acknowledged that I want to be able to to be a better follower, a disciple of Jesus that makes disciples and multiply my life into others. Lord, I pray that you would remind them that they have been empowered from on high that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of us. May that quicken us and compel us, Lord, to action. That we would be empowered with boldness from on high. That we'd have the courage of Daniel. That we would not be ashamed speak the truth in love and Lord I pray that our our eyes and our spirits would be open and attentive to opportunities that come our way and as we open our mouth Lord as these people open their mouth I pray that you would fill it with the words that need to be spoken at that time use the relationships that they have existing I pray and give opportunities for new relationships to be established and cultivated for the purpose, Lord, of your great commission. To know you and to make you known throughout the world. Thank you for what you're doing in us and through us. Thank you for the men and women that just raised their hand. And I pray the supernatural, abundant blessing of God would rest upon them today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen, and amen, and amen. Amen. Listen, I want before you leave here, if you were one of those people, tell somebody before you leave, say, that's me. I want to do better. Hold me accountable. Hold me accountable to get into my word, to pray. Accountability. Tell someone before you leave this place today. God bless you. We'll see you next week. uh, Still at 1030 next week. God bless you.